I'm going to begin with a joke. It's not very often that I tell uh, jokes in sermons. Uh, This is my joke. I tried it out on Friday and I got a groan from one of the youth groupers on Friday night. So we'll see how we go today. Why did the ram run off the cliff? Why did the ram run off the cliff? Because he didn't see the U-turn. You know, groans are actually an encouragement uh, for dad jokes. Thank you very much. I'll chalk another one up. On Friday afternoon, I was uh, driving past the back of uh, the Canberra Centre, around the back of the road uh, there, and as I was uh, driving along the road and got near to the corner, around the corner came a massive, big truck with a big load on it. The truck kind of cut the corner, ran across the curb a little bit and now it was coming down the road directly at me on my side of the road. He'd made a wrong turn and here he was driving down the road with just my little Volkswagen and his great big truck. Now thankfully, he did a U-turn. He took drastic action to turn the truck around before there were any accidents. A U-turn is to turn around. And in the Bible, the word for turn around is repent. To stop going one way, to turn around and go the other way. Now, it's not talking about walking along a road or driving a big truck. It's talking about our relationship with God. Stop running away from God, turn around and follow Jesus. Repent means to do a U-turn in relationship with God. Acts chapter 2 says, do a U-turn. Acts chapter 2 says, repent. Because of who Jesus is, we turn around to be saved into God's kingdom. The first part of Acts 2 tells us about the phenomenal arrival of the Holy Spirit. We're looking at that last Sunday together. Jesus promised that he'd send his Holy Spirit from the Father to empower his disciples for mission, to empower his disciples to reach out. Now here's a question for everyone, children and adults. What is the key verse in Acts to help us understand Jesus' mission. Verse 8 in chapter 1. Okay, let's go back so you remember it. Yeah, if you're going to remember one verse in Acts, oh, you can't just remember one verse in Acts because then I'm going to have to list off about 10. This is one of the verses in Acts to remember and not just remember that it's chapter 1, verse 8, but to have it in your memory. Chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That is Jesus' mission for his disciples. That is Jesus' mission for us who have the Holy Spirit. We're enabled to bear testimony, to bear witness about Jesus to the ends of the earth. And this is exactly what happens when the Spirit comes at Pentecost. The disciples who were there start talking about Jesus. Everything that is going on here in Acts chapter 2 
all of it points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus. The Old Testament Psalms that are quoted point to Jesus. Peter points to Jesus. In verse 14, Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, he stands up and he explains to the crowd who have been hearing the disciples speaking in other languages. Peter explains what's going on. To start with, he quotes from the Old Testament prophet Joel. Now, the people who were there, they would have been familiar with the prophet Joel. They would have been familiar that prophet prophet Joel spoke God's words on behalf of God to his people. And what Peter says from the prophet Joel is that the arrival of the Spirit means the arrival of the last days. The Spirit comes on all kinds of people, men and women, sons and daughters, young and old, and the last days are marked by all kinds of wonders. But in the midst of all this going on, all of it points to Jesus and the amazing possibility of salvation. Have a look with me, please, at Acts chapter 2, verse 21. And children, you can see on the middle of page 2 there that you can copy down Acts chapter 2, verse 21. Write it out. This is another verse that is good for us to know and remember. Acts chapter 2, verse 21. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everything that is going on here is pointing to Jesus and the possibility that if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Have you ever needed to be saved? Have you ever needed to be rescued? When we were on our summer holiday in December, we went and had a beach holiday and one day we had uh, fish and chips uh, or chips on the beach at lunchtime. And we were packing that up into the, in the, putting the rubbish in the bin and I was getting some surfboards out of the car and Naomi was going putting sunscreen on when all of a sudden we saw the surf lifesavers, about seven of them, running down the beach. There, there, were, some, there were four kids in trouble, four boys, uh, who, who had drifted into this rip that was right in the middle of the beach. Their parents weren't watching them. And the lifesavers had to run in and grab these boys and drag them uh, to safety. Uh, You might like to ask uh, my four boys about that because they were there and they saw it uh, firsthand. Have you ever needed to be saved or rescued? The Bible tells us that we all need to be saved. The Bible tells us that there is a dangerous rip called sin that drags us into the place of God's punishment. There's a temptation in our hearts and minds that causes us to drift away from God. We all need to be saved. Acts chapter 2 verse 21 though says, everyone who calls on the name will be saved, will be rescued, will be safe in relationship with God. You see, the Holy Spirit here is pointing us to Jesus and his rescue of everyone who calls out to him. But who is Jesus? 
why can we trust Jesus to rescue us? You see, my four sons could trust the life... I mean, the four boys who were on the beach that day could trust the lifesavers to rescue them because they had a lifesaver uniform on. They had the equipment. We knew that they were qualified, especially when then they gave some special instruction about how to read the beach in the future and how to stay safe. Why can Jesus be trusted to rescue us? We skipped over verses 22 to 36 before and we're going to read them now. This tells us lots about who Jesus is so that we might trust Jesus to be the one who can save us. Okay, let's follow along in verse 22. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs. There's the first one. He's accredited by God. I'm not going to stop at everyone to tell you, but underline that one. Jesus was a man accredited by God. By miracles, wonders and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. Verse 23. This man, Jesus, was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David, this is great King David of the Old Testament, David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Now David there is not actually talking about himself, but he's talking about the great King of God's people, Jesus. Verse 29, fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. That's Jesus. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah that he was not abandoned till the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah, Lord and Christ. Who is Jesus? He is Lord and Christ. He is the rescuing King 
who comes from God. We saw in those verses, it was God's plan that Jesus die. It is God's plan that Jesus rise to life. It is God's plan that Jesus rules in heaven. It is God's plan that Jesus is the rescuing king who comes from him. Now many people, many people in history are remembered, they're honoured, they're celebrated. As you go to school, as you study history, you will learn more and more about people who are amazing in the world, who are remembered, who are honoured, who are celebrated, sporting legends... Uh, around the breakfast table this week, we ended up on YouTube uh, watching famous sporting victories. Oh, because it was the 15th, 16th, 15th anniversary of Stephen Bradbury uh, winning the gold medal at the Winter Olympics. Remember that? If you're over 16 or over 20. Sport legends, uh, war heroes, religious gurus, brave explorers smart inventors, wise leaders, many, many people in history are remembered and honoured and celebrated. No one stands out like Jesus. No one else has come from God. No one else has died and risen back to life for eternity. No one else is ruling in heaven. No one else can save No one stands out like Jesus. He is Lord and Christ. Now because of who Jesus is, we need to do a U-turn. Because of who Jesus is, we need to turn around. Have a look with me please again at verse 36. Verse 36. Therefore... Let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, to escape the dangerous rip that drags you into the place of God's punishment. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Who is this for? Verse 39. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off for all whom the Lord our God will call. The response to who Jesus is, is to repent and believe that the promises of God for salvation are true. A belief here in this passage is symbolised by baptism with water. We do baptisms here of of babies and young people and of adults as they become believers because baptism... A belief is symbolised by... Ah, that was a terrible sentence, sorry about that. Because uh, baptism is a sign of believing the promises of God. 
got the two parts of the sentence back to front. In the same way, when we eat and drink the Lord's Supper, it's a sign, a symbol of believing that the promises of God are true. That we're repenting and putting our trust in Jesus. You see, repenting is stopping the drift away from God. Turning around and being dragged to safety with Jesus. That's what's happening here in Acts chapter 2. See verse 40? Verse 40, with many other words, Peter warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. The response to who Jesus is, is to do a U-turn. Now, out in the world are lots and lots of different religions. And the thing that makes all religions the same is not that there is some kind of higher being. What it is that makes all religions the same is that religions point us to a way of living. What is common about all religions is they point us to a way of living. Let's just capture some of the major religions. Buddhism points religious people to the way of nirvana. Hinduism points religious people people, uh, to a higher cycle of reincarnation. Islam points religious people to a life of submission to Allah's will. Religions point us to a way of living. But biblical Christianity points us to Jesus. Not to a way of living. Biblical Christianity points us to a person, to Jesus, the Lord, the Christ, the rescuing King who can turn us from drifting away from God to safety in God's kingdom. Because of who Jesus is, we U-turn. Have you U-turned in relationship with God? From our youngest to our oldest, from our newest members to our longest serving members... Peter says to us in the Bible, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Have you been dragged away from the dangerous rip by Jesus to safety in God's kingdom? Peter says, repent and be baptised, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. Believe the promises of God. Are you repenting of your sin and putting your trust in Jesus? The Lord's Supper points us to Jesus. The bread points us to the body of Jesus on the cross in our place. The juice points us to the blood of Jesus shed on the cross to rescue us. And when we eat and drink, it is a sign of our U-turn. 
It is a sign of repentance and faith in God's promises. 2,000 years ago, thousands of people were gathered in Jerusalem for the Pentecost festival, for a great celebration. Year in and year out, they would go to Jerusalem for this celebration. On this particular year, something amazing happened. They heard locals speaking about the wonders of God in foreign languages. They had never heard anything like this. They were bewildered. They were utterly amazed. They were perplexed. They even thought people were drunk. But what was going on was the, that it was all pointing to the most amazing person in all of history. It was all pointing to Jesus, who comes from God and who rescues us from the greatest danger. What would you have done if you were there 2,000 years ago? If you had heard people speaking in your mother tongue about the amazing things of God, if you heard that these were the last days and the Spirit was coming out on all people, if you heard that everyone who calls on the name of Jesus could be saved, if you heard the call to repent and be baptised to believe the promises of God, what would you have done? The Bible tells us that that day, 3,000 of those people turned around and were saved into God's kingdom. 